<laughs> Welcome to my show. That's all right. I'm the host, Alex, and my show. Yeah. And uh, this hobo that I bring Wait, into my house occasionally. Hobo. hobo okay. Good. H O B O. Is uh, also speaking on the podcast with me, but he wants to make it very clear: we're not in this podcast together. <laughs> we're not in a relationship. <laughs> This is just my podcast. And I'm here to help you. He's just here to hold my hand occasionally. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is that like, Penguins? The, the cartoon, Penguins of Madagascar? Mm. It's like, it's like you were Zoommates? Mates! There was no mating! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But this is, that's why it's called the Alex Spicer Show, not the Spicer Bros Show or something. Spicer Bros. Bros. <laughs> Yo, brah! <laughs> Right. I come here because there's free food. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a loser um, who likes the social interaction. <laughs> and uh, do I hear a violin? <laughs> not a violin. This this takes care of it. See, I'm doing so much better. <laughs> Rob, you could just come out and say this is therapy for you. <laughs> yeah. Finally, someone's talking to me. <laughs> Friend. Friend. Not like how she said it to Gandalf, not Gandalf, and the Rings of Power. Oh, We've no. not seen it, but they show that clip where he's like scared in the and female Frodo's like, Friend. Oh. Friend. Oh. It's like, dude, if you don't speak your language, you ain't gonna understand the word friend. Either. Right, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, not my show. I, uh, if it was my show, we would talk about a lot of different things. Yeah, music. Really lame, stupid stuff like that. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I don't know, I never would have done politics in the first place. So it's funny we live in a world where it's like, all we have to do is talk about politics because it keeps interfering with our friggin' lives. It does. And, and we're not even trying to, it's funny, we're not trying to talk about politics. We're just trying to talk about basic truths, but politics now invades everything. You have to now combat the political narrative that exists, right? So, so if it wasn't, if it wasn't nowadays, mm-hmm. if this were even 10, 15 years ago, your podcast would just talk about principles the whole time. Y- yes. Without it being controversial, without people, people being like, you know, like people wouldn't even think at all about, um, some of the things we think about today because it wasn't accepted and it was also, well, it was accepted as bad or, or wrong, you know, like have, uh, thinking you're of the gender you're not right. That mm. that's one example. There's a lot of examples, but that's an easy one that comes up. You speak about basic truths not that long ago and it goes, Oh, okay. But I mean, I, I do want to talk about maybe events and, and things that happen in light of these principles, because you have to know how to think about these things. Mm. No one, no, I feel like no one really thinks past square one. Yeah. I mean, Thomas Sowell, he, uh, really prolific thinker and writer. He talks about how, you know, one of the greatest issues about politics, politicians and people voting for different politicians, whether it's Democrat, Republican is they don't think past square one. And, uh, and, and politicians who enact laws don't think past square one, or if they do, they go, well, thank goodness I won't. I don't have to be here when the consequences of that happening uh, give me, happen. Give so, me an example. 
So it's like, um, how do I put this? Once upon a time, it's like re- it's like restricting Amer- America's uh, oil oil industry, mm. and thinking that's a good thing. But then being like, well, I'm heading out of office anyway. Someone else will get voted in, or I'm retiring, or whatever else. Um, or I, my party won't be in power the next go round. So people are really going to be griping and feeling in more full force the the consequences of our decisions. The best part about this is I don't really have to face those consequences. All I have to do is play party politics and say, oh, well, they got to do something about it because they're in power now. Look, they're not doing anything about it. Mm. And no one looks back on how we, I was the one who caused it. Or if you're retiring, right, it's like, sweet. I'll just let the next guy who fills my spot have to worry about it. And when those people come in, they come up with solutions that are not really solutions that only compound the problem further. Uh. It's like someone who overspends they have they don't have enough money in their bank account and so what they do is they get a credit card and they put money on their credit card uh-huh and then instead of paying that off they just get another credit card to pay off that credit card and then they get another credit card to pay off the credit card they just filled because they still can't pay it off oh it's too deep okay i'm trying to understand that connection. the dream within the dream within the dream yeah inception rob come on well ultimately you end up with you can't keep ignoring the problem, right? Like people think they don't pick that past square one very uh, easily. So what they do is, oh well, I can't pay for this now. I can get around this. I'll just put it on my credit card. Yeah. Right. And they don't. They don't think about how that becomes a slippery slope too. It's like, oh, how about you just don't buy it because you can't afford it, right? Yeah. Um, things like that, right? Or for example, women's health rights, where people believe they have the right to kill a baby in the womb. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's pret- <laughs> um are we doing this? When you don't look past square one, <laughs> okay. all you say is, "Look, I'm helping these women not have to worry about having a child when they're not ready for one, right?" All right. And then we can always argue over is it a life? Is it not a life? But everyone, but all the people who are for it go, "I'm just helping them not have to deal with this horrible responsibility. It's not their fault." What they don't look at are the additional consequences that come with this, which is if you make this acceptable, you change the culture to accept these sort of things, you now open the culture up and therefore government power, because the government is what allows this, uh-huh. to then infringe on your rights further, right? To yeah. then to make it acceptable to for, for, for some convenience, because it is for for uh, whatever cause like oh well it's going to be better and easier for them to do this right it cr- you are then fostering a culture mm-hmm. of irresponsibility no accountability and now what now what do we have biden's like uh student loan forgiveness program why do i sound like jimmy stewart <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know and where a lot of people are like, yeah, that'd be great. Oh, my loans are so bad. We, I should have them forgiven. Right? Yeah. And you have a lot of other instances where people aren't willing to take responsibility for their own lives, for their own decisions. Hmm. It's just like a couple episodes ago when we talked about how um, I was saying, yes, having you know uh, these sort of problems that are arising, I was saying, yes, it does impact my fa- my family. We talked about whether whether it's uh, it's gay marriage or whatever else. People can be allowed to live the life they want, 
But don't refine words that don't mean what they mean. And don't start messing with the family unit. Because eventually, that comes around to hurting my family. And your family. And everyone in the community. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, like you have to think beyond square one. People just go, love is love. It's like, I'm happy to let you live the way you, the way you want to live. But government doesn't have the right to redefine words. And traditional families are, be- are, are better. Yeah. Yep. Like, why, why create a, a subset of what is best? Right? Yeah, that's interesting. It's a, I feel like everyone in their gut just knows what's right and wrong on a lot of these issues. But it's hard to articulate it. Whereas the other side is like fully prepared, ready to, to articulate it till they're blue in the face. Um, my choice, my choice, my uh, choice. Dave Rubin, <laughs> my toys, my toys, So Dave Rubin and Jordan Peterson were talking. Oh, we had talked about this because before, yeah. Dave Rubin's gay, and then they're doing like surrogate to have kids. Um, and they kind of just deep dive into that conversation because that's highly unnatural, obviously. Um, and, and Jordan Peterson talked about how even when gay marriage came up, so many people were against it. And then asked, when asked why they couldn't articulate it. And he's like, it was essentially what we've been as civilizations and as human beings, we've been doing for thousands and thousands of years. And also we're just going to flip it around and change it. It's like deep down, like, or maybe just said like in our gut, we disagree with it because we knew it. It interfered with something, and that and that's that applies in my head. I'm like that applies for everything that's changing the pronouns, the gender, the. Can, can I yada, just stop yada. you right there? You Absolutely just not. you just described through via Jordan Peterson's words exactly why I made this podcast because I was so tired of people being unable to articulate these things. Right. So I, I is want this them the to last to, episode. This is this is the end, and then we will go on uh, the ships to the Grey Havens. Oh my gosh. Nerd. <laughs> um, no, no, that, that really is why I created this podcast, though. I was so tired of people not being able to articulate it, right? They can sense in their gut, and we've talked about that gut feeling, but they couldn't say why. Just like people going, oh, you can't bring your religion into politics. Yeah, out of here. I'm like, no, but it should be in there. But then we go, you don't know how to say why. That's why I wrote the book I did. Because it's like, you, you must... Be able to articulate why. You must understand why. Are there is there any current topic that falls under that category? Like people disagree with it, but they can't articulate why that's taking over. I mean, gay marriage was the thing ten years ago. Well, transgenderism, pronouns, mental illness. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, like that. That's that's a really big one. Also, freedom of speech is another really big one. Right. Right. Um. The right to own property is another one that is sneaking up on people. We, we, people aren't calling it oh, you that think right that's now. That's the next one. Oh, that is totally the that's the one that's currently happening. Explain. Okay, so um, this is not really where where I wanted this to go, but <laughs> I'll just I say, could put I'll it on the timer. <laughs> um, in essence, okay, we are seeing a crumbling economy. A crumbling world power, but not just. It's not even the world power I'm worried about. It's a Western culture, a cultural influence and, and value Western values influence, which are when I say Western, what we really have meant all these years is Judeo-Christian. 
yes, some of it is the Greek passed down to the Romans to us, which is democracy. But okay, honestly, it's I get de- it. Democ- uh, yeah. Um. Anyways, it, it sounded like I said the word demonic. I was not trying to say the word demonic. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's for the Halloween episode. That's right. <laughs> um. So you think the government's going to take so all our so property? so uh, the right to own property is disappearing quickly? So you think that's the next big one? Like right now, it's trans oh, and yeah. drag and pronouns, but the next big one you think is absolutely taking the, over property? So they uh, people's ability to to prosper and to be self governing. I mean, when you think about self governance, you cannot have true self governance without owning property. Mm-hmm. How are you independent from any government? unless you can own your own property, right? The second you say, I, I can't survive unless I go to a grocery store, like you, you literally don't have a place to, to make a little garden in your home, whatever else, right? Okay. And you don't, like, like, like not only do you not have that, but you, you do not have the ability to obtain that. Okay. You cannot be self-governing. Well, um, so that right to property, is, it disappears, right? Right to property, um, it, you see a big, uh, big, Banks from Wall Street and stuff, they're all, they're buying up all the properties and so is uh, Bill Gates. The government's trying to confiscate more land, right? The right to property is disappearing. Well, and I, right to property is, hmm. is um, intertwined, it is in, uh, in, uh, inseparable from the right to life. Why? Oh, that's another Articulate episode. We should, we should jump into that. Um, <laughs> a different episode. No, but I. But if you read anything about the the rise of communism, USSR, what happened uh, there in Ukraine, you would you would know why very fast. USSR. Don't, Russia used to be the United Social States, uh, Socialist States of Russia. Huh. Uh, Socialism I, kills. Sorry. <laughs> um. I was going to say, oh, well, I would counter your whole owning land thing by saying no one owns land in America. It's like if I don't pay my my land tax property, or property whatever, taxes? property tax, Correct. I lose it. Even if I pay off my house, it's, it's like it, half a million dollars. It is, the great, it is a great violation of our, of our fundamental rights that no one addresses. Absolutely. Yeah, didn't you say George Washington did that? put in that tax or something no i never said that well then who the heck told me i swear it was you not i so the lamb. as soon as you say like george washington said something then i'm like well he thought it through so there's probably no, something there. all the founding fathers <laughs> were totally against that sort of an idea because that returns to the feudal system eventually it's like who owns this property i do no you don't peasant make me what i want from that property or I'll slit your throat, or you know, or I'll put you in the prison, right? <laughs> okay. So, uh, so um, who who started it? Who started this property tax? Let's jump. Who's let's, let's jump to where I'm on. trying to go. <laughs> <Okay. Well, laughs> Who's well, grave I, I spit on? Yeah, I want. I don't want an answer though, because I've been wondering <laughs> each month I'm paying a tax, and I'm like, that will never go away, ever. Fine. Find you. You'd have a lot of graves to piss on because it's it's members of Congress. <laughs> uh, Go to all the different states. Yeah, I'll be like a dog who I'm pees going to everywhere. I'm doing a trek across the states. My car. Why are you stopping all these random time towns? I really had to go pee. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Drink Mountain Dew to make it extra <laughs> acidic or something. I don't know. This has gone too far. It's gone way too far. But wait, wait. When was that? I actually 
don't know the year. Well, I want to know in the next episode. <laughs> 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 Dear okay. homework, Alex. So I don't have to. Real fast. You and I did something over the weekend. What was that? Went to church. Sure did. <laughs> we definitely needed it after. You tried We definitely to needed avoid. it after experiencing what the night before? Hangover. <laughs> Just we had a hangover the night before. We were drinking when? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Gosh, oh man, I shouldn't have been drinking. <laughs> I don't like fishing for answers. You just I would just instead tell. of me pontificating on everything, I'd love for you to just I don't what, know what, what did we means. do? So last episode we talked about Provo having a the family friendly drag show. Yeah. How wrong that was. Yeah. We went to that. So to uh, protest. Yeah, we went the, <laughs> that's a very good clarification. <laughs> And uh, I got a little bit of a wedge. You do my routine. So what? <laughs> yeah, well, it'd be funny if we went to protest and by the end of it, we're leaving and we're like all in drag. Like, wow, that, that was not how I expected. I don't remember getting on stage, but I remember walking off the stage. <laughs> yeah. How, how do we, well, how are we, we wearing wigs right now? <laughs> Why do I have lipstick on? Yeah, I did not see that coming. I know we're joking about it now, but let's, let's revert the, reverse it real fast. We were not joking about it Sunday. We were not joking about it Saturday night after we, we returned. Yeah. In fact, if I could describe what we, what we were like, it, we were very somber. Even quite sad. And maybe that sounds weird to people, right? Because yeah. people want to know, like usually when they think, oh, you're going to go protest something, you know, you got to be there with vitriol. You got to be angry. Yeah. No. And, and some there, of, were, there was that. There, there was some of that, but not very much because a lot of us were shutting them down. We're like, shut up. Like. Oh, I, I wasn't really. No, I didn't I, notice that. So oh, much. I was observing it because I was about to do it myself. And I'm like, oh, they're doing it. Because it's like, I don't need you. First I don't need you yelling at people saying, gays don't get into heaven. It's like that. That doesn't. That's not helping anything. It just. It <laughs> yeah. just makes you look worse. And also, we are here, regardless of what you think about gays. I mean, like that's such a false. Sorry, that's just a false statement, right? Because right. it's like, well, then none of us get into heaven. Because it's our sins that keep us from getting into heaven, right? It's, right. it's like, it, uh, that has nothing to <laughs> do with white right men. You, know, you might as well just put arbitrary uh, clauses on it. Black men don't get into heaven. White men don't get into heaven. Yeah. Well, technically none of us do unless Christ. Yay. Okay, so it's not that gays don't get into heaven or anything else. It's that if you do not repent of your behaviors and change and follow Christ properly as he desires, then yeah, that keeps you out of heaven. Yeah, but, Anyways. but we weren't even there for that. No, no, that's exactly what I was trying to get at. Yeah, we, we were actually there because they were, not, they were inviting people to bring their kids. First of all, that's totally inappropriate. That is, a, that this is, to do drag at all is a sexualized behavior. It is a sexualized stunt, so to speak, right? Um, and it's wrong. Always. It's always wrong to expose your children to that. But also, it's very, it's, it was so bad of them to, to put that idea into the minds of those who so willingly and blindly support this stuff mm-hmm. to say, oh yeah, I'll bring my kids, right? They I, want to make a statement when they bring their kids. Oh yeah. It's beyond acceptance. acceptance. They, they now want to say... They, they're trying to make it so that no one can ever say they're anything uh, than what they want to be, right? 
they're they're not wrong. They're uh, the the the, chil- the children can, should embrace this sort of thing, right? They they are literally creating a cult. I think, at least it feels like it, right? Um, but you're you're screwing up kids for life. And I was very appalled that like this is this is what was so sad, right? You go there, a couple couple components obviously were sad. One was we go there and people actually brought their kids. It's like yeah. you seriously, why? But yeah. the other the other part, you, you want to explain why we, the other part that was really sad, or at least to you, what, what else was sad other than just people bringing their kids? Oh, I don't remember. I mean, it was gross that it's in public. Like, if you want to be, do this stuff, uh, I think it should be kept in the in the shadows. You know, where as a, as a society we all just recognize that this isn't right, and I'm not gonna kill you if you do it. But do it in your private place, which is what they have been doing. Yep. And now it's like, nah, do we're going to make TV your shows. Do in your doing... bedroom. Yeah, but now it's TV shows. Now it's in a public park. It's, uh, it's just disgusting. It's sexualizing kids, right? You see these kids who are, are being used to dance and people put money in there. It's like yeah. all of you should have been arrested. Straight up. All yeah. of you should have been arrested. Oh, yeah. I think something like that. Something intense like that should happen. That says, "Look, we're not okay with this. This is not acceptable behavior." What's these it's are ridiculous? That's uh, was Mayor Kafusi. She she didn't Kafusi. Yeah, she didn't do anything about it. Right? Yeah, I'm curious. Nothing about that. There there are laws in place that like like you cannot do do, do this sort of thing the kid uh, thing to kids. And she should have said, "Absolutely not." If you are going to hold this event, you have the right to do so, but only if you you specify this is 18 plus or, you know, whatever it is. It but can't you be say in a public it, park. Yeah, it can't be in a public park. Must must be private because public parks means that even a kid could be exposed to it. You must be private. You must specify it's 18 plus. Anyone who, if you try to do otherwise, will arrest you. If uh, anyone who brings their kids along, they'll, you know, they'll be arrested too. Like you need that sort of enforcement because this destroys lives this destroys families which destroys civilizations yeah. uh, communities crumble yeah you, we can't take it lightly right people try to be tread tread softly and be like oh you know they tiptoe around it it's like no please think past square one think past your own you know your own care for getting votes well know, mayor or anyone else I, like, I, if i was in her shoes i would be scared of the alphabet mafia coming after me but you have to do what's right I, we need leaders oh, absolutely. who care more absolutely. about what's right. So right? I'm just thinking, if I was her, maybe maybe that's the reason why. Maybe she thought this is a one-time thing, it'll blow over, it will be a million-time thing. It will happen over, <laughs> it'll happen over and over if I make a big deal out of this. Because, you know, it'll make, like, national news. You know, mayor shuts down, pride show, and uh, and then, you know, pretty soon... But the good whole, people the whole will, town is will rally over. behind you and say thank you so much, right? Absolutely. No, I th- I think she should have done something. But I'm just thinking, had she done it, there's going to be even more pushback and more pushback and more pushback until they get the picture or the good. Oh good no, you, you yes, you, you you're right. Exactly. You have to hold the you have to hold your 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 fist clenched tightly, right? Yeah. And you say, nope, I'm in it for the fight now. I mean, that's what DeSantis does. He just clenches down tighter and just goes, nope. Yeah. Because you have to. You can't make one victory and be like, okay, oh, man, I'm so exhausted from this, from from winning over this very important moral thing. I think I'm just going to step back. And you give him ground. No, don't do that. 
because it always re- re- results in lasting misery. Always. I mean, I think of, uh, this may be a little bit of a strange example, but I think of when Israel won back Jerusalem. The leaders uh, of, um, of the Jews at the time, uh, as Shapiro puts it, uh, in one strange act of betrayal, they gave the Temple Mount to, uh, the, to the Palestinians to control. It's like, that's like the most sacred and important site in all of Jerusalem mm-hmm. to the Jews. And they won instead of like taking what they wanted because, you know, they're, they're ensuring peace. They're not killing and, and wiping out other people. Yeah. They still said, oh, you know what? We'll give our most important thing to you. It's like, why would you do that? It makes no sense, right? People, people make strange um, decisions. Uh, yeah. Strange compromises. Yeah. Or, yeah. Allowances. Plus, why would you want to dress up as a girl on stage, anyways? <laughs> People make weird decisions. Not even girls should dress up like girls on stage. I know. Yeah, one of the signs we saw said, "Quit." Um, what was it? Make of my gender. Quit. Quit. Um, cosplaying my gender, or quit making making oh, light of my gender. Cosplaying my gender doesn't make it yours. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. I don't know. There was some really good signs. Some one, one old lady. She had the funniest signs. She's such a like a fireball. One of them says like, "Oh man, I have it saved to my phone. Can you hand it to me? <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll find it." While while you're looking it up, um, I'll I'll just say the other. So going off on people who are trying to be jerks and and saying dumb things like "Gay, so get into heaven" or whatever else, right? Um. We're there to to fight against them ruining our children, and it's and uh, and we're not trying to be jerks about it, but we're going to be very firm about it. Mm-hmm. That's why when they try to create chants like "Christ is King," it's like okay, that's never even a good football chant. Like yes, Christ <laughs> that's a football chant. <laughs> well, you know, it's like a rivalry chant. That's what they're trying to create, and I thought that was that's just true. I just couldn't do it. I'm like, and no one else could because it's like. Yes, we believe in Christ, and that's why we're here. But yeah. you have the LGBTQ plus stuff chanting, doing their own thing, and what we're gonna chant back in it just trying to chant back like that feels like we're like we're trying to outdo them, and then using Christ's name like that feels like it's using his name in vain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah, we're gonna you know. Yeah. Christ is king. Yeah, Christ is king. It's like that's that's just no. Anyways, did you find the sign? Yeah, on one on one side of her sign it says, "Who would sexualize their children?" Ask Joe Biden's daughter. <laughs> and that's like referring to the Biden diaries that that the FBI um confiscated. Yeah, it's like Biden weaponized the FBI to get those diaries back from Project Veritas. So obviously they must have been pretty So bad. they must have been, been real. real. <laughs> yeah. And just the stuff that Biden's daughter said in her diary. Unfortunately. He would shower with her and stuff like just at, total. At, yeah, me. just weird stuff. Um Yeah, on on the other side of her sign it says we gather here today with Satan's elite child groomers, molesters and traffickers. So yeah, so there's some pretty hardcore uh signs when we got there we uh we didn't have signs but someone we didn't have came time up. to make a sign we were painting <laughs> yeah so someone came up and gave us signs and uh i traded with you i can't remember what yours said but i was like oh that's kind of intense keep your gender confusion away from our children yeah and the, it's important that uh 
you know, we, we need to protect uh, the children. But here was what was also really sad. Remember, mm-hmm. eventually the drags started coming out on stage and dancing and people were cheering, right? Um, but eventually we saw what appeared to have been a kid. It had to have been a kid. Oh, the angel? Yeah, the person. angel drag kid boy up there. Yeah. There's no way that was, a, that was an adult. No way. It, but like, even before he got up there, seeing the other dudes up there dressing, I just started, I just felt really sad. I'm like, you are so lost in this world and you want so badly to be accepted and, and, and loved, but this is not how you get it. Like this, this the love and acceptance that they give you, there's nothing deep lasting or healthy about it. Yeah. In order for love and acceptance to be good, it must be lasting deep and healthy. Yeah, that was it. It was sad. Like I, I just remember leaving and just feeling really sad. And yeah. it, it wasn't like a, a thought out, like oh, I'm sad because of this. I just felt sad. I didn't know why. And then you brought up like, man, I just feel sad. And I'm like that's so yeah. weird. I do too. You know? I literally felt like crying as we're walking back to the car. I was like, this is yeah. So I don't know. As a protest, <laughs> it doesn't really feel like protest sounds like sounds too intense of a word. Yeah. Yeah. It was more like a def- defend what is right. Right, I think because our hearts were in the right place, and that's where we were. Right, mm-hmm. I didn't want to fight with anyone. I didn't want to argue with anyone. No. Oh, but, uh, we should. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, we should have mentioned that. Um, they they came out dressed up as angels. Oh yeah, this is the angel squad. They yeah. do this oh, they at do other so events. Oh, okay. This is a common thing. Yeah. So you have these people who have these PVC pipes strapped to their backs, and then and uh, they drape white uh yeah. white um cloth. cloth on it so it's like angel wings that way anyone behind them can't really see and it blocks off a lot of noise and and and, and the protests and signs. protests protest signs that yeah. way everyone can enjoy their child grooming in peace yeah it's like i know you think you're being angelic and kind but you're you're not right. like like yeah. you are literally enabling evil right I mean, it's, it's like, <laughs> if I swear, if a Family Guy were to ever make a cartoon, a symbolic cartoon representing what, what I just described, uh-huh. it would be a Nazi chasing after a Jew in World War, you know, in 1930s Germany, and uh, the, uh, the, the Nazi trips as he's about to catch a Jew, and so the good, kind neighbor, like, throws his bottle, knocks a Jew over, and helps the Nazi out, said, here you go, sorry about that. Go get him, Tiger, right? Oh. <laughs> That's kind of, I mean, like, like you, you're enabling evil, but yet you're trying to be such a good neighbor. Yeah, I, I, can, I call it, like, this, the smother uh, disease. It's like our society has become so much of, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I love you so much. Here's this. Here's that. Look, look gay marriage. Look, you could change your gender. Look, surgery for children. Look freaking destroyed society you know it's like it's it's so much love that it becomes this is not in true love uh, it's 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 people who well are that's why afraid. i call it the, a, the smother syndrome or whatever where you know like a smothering mother sure it's like this this so much love is is destroying it, i mean it's out of love it to the basic democrat they i or, mean th- I mean, especially the members. This is right by BYU, and the members are there. They're not thinking. The the actual active members are thinking. I love them, and I want to show my support for them because these people 
are going having a hard time. Clearly, this is against our beliefs. So I want to love them and support them in this. And uh, and I don't know where, where do you where do you draw the line? What do you make of that? Uh, draw the line as in like loving someone and helping them. Yeah. Is it is okay, it actually loving think them? Think beyond square one, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk about our our schizophrenic cousin. But I love him so much. Yeah. I should just tell him that those voice like, yeah, I hear them too, bro. Right? I I, I if we were to validate what he's hearing, which right. is not real. Yeah, his pronouns are them. Right. <laughs> <Just right. laughs> That's awful. That's awful. Um but if we were to just validate his mental illness and be like, oh, no, yeah, no, I hear that too. No, they're there, man. Right? Right. Instead of being like, dude, this 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 seems like a really hard suffering thing to go through. Let's get you some real help. Right? That's, right. The, that's the real loving thing to do. Right? It's, it, I mean, it really is. Or here's a better example. You, lo- you have a family member who's horribly overweight. Idea? Pretending. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Not I mean, me, jerk. I, I, uh, I do. <laughs> and his name's Alex, and he runs a podcast. <laughs> God, could you hand me that hamburger over there? Um, <laughs> but yeah, but let's say you have a relative whom you love very closely, and they're very overweight, and they have very poor health. All right. And it's all sense from their, their bad habits. They don't exercise, they don't eat well, or anything else. Do you enable that more and be like, oh, he's having a hard day, so I thought I'd give him another piece of cake? Mm-hmm. No. Absolutely not. I mean, there's occasions where maybe that is what you do. And, and I'll admit, there's times when it's like, you know what? They're legit having a really rough time. Now's not the time to talk to them about their health. I'll just get them a little pick-me-up. Yeah. Pick-me-ups are not the same as continual support of a bad behavior that destroys themselves. Mm. Right? To, to enable someone to never take care of themselves. Yeah. It's like, that's not love. That's not love. That's not true deep love. That's that that is either avoiding conflict because you're fearful, right? Or or it's it, to me it's a form of selfishness because if you're preserving yourself from a conflict because you don't want to have to fight them on this sort of thing, right? And if they don't want to take care of themselves, fine. But you don't have to be a participant in their self destruction mm-hmm. because ultimately people have their own choice. They have their agency to choose. Well. It's the same with this. No one, this would never really be a serious political debate until Democrats, because this is really where it stemmed from, Democrats decided, oh, we have a really cool way to get a um, guaranteed voter base. Mm-hmm. You know, we, have, we, have, we, we know exactly how we're going to get our voter base to ensure that we uh, uh that or sorry you said democrats right yeah democrats or, you know we're we're going to create a a voter base out of this people we're going to um paint them as victims of everyone else heteronormity you know all these strange terms we're going to create a deep I- I- ideology out of this and people and then they will never leave us right we're going to tell them they're loved they're accepted and now do our bidding right you really because think it's that thought out that Absolutely, yeah. And who do you think it is? Okay, it when you look at when you look at uh, um, going back to was it the the sixties, early seventies? Um, the the um, no, uh, the what is it called? Um, ah, the 
about uh, civil rights. Si- when you the the programs that help people who are poor. What is that? Uh, welfare. Welfare. The war on poverty. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh. Uh, that huh. was thought out. What did Lyndon B. Johnson say? I don't know. We'll have these N I G G E R S's voting for us for a hundred years. Oh, that was in the seventies. Early late sixties, early seventies. Man, for some reason I thought he took over the presidency after JFK was shot, and he was like, oh. "Oh, we're gonna create programs." But he was like, he knew for a fact we're gonna get them hooked on this, and they'll vote for us for forever. It's weird how well that worked. No, I mean. It's worked in other civilizations in the past. I know. America's, it's just like, America is not the first country nor civilization to do it. Well, it's just weird. It's weird because if I was black and then I heard, oh, Republicans freed the slaves. Oh, you know, that's the side of freedom. And I'm going to vote the opposite of that for the rest of my life. And so is my family. It's just like, what? <laughs> but I guess, I mean, education is horrible nowadays. So it is who's but, to say anyone wouldn't even well, know Well, then, then you create a culture of acceptance, right? Where where you turn a blind eye to the very, um, to the very chains that bind you, mm. because it's inconvenient to do otherwise, right? It mm. is. It's very inconvenient to be like, you know what? I'm totally, I'm totally a slave to this system. You don't have to be black. It's black and white. It's anyone who's on this. There's there's more white people on welfare. Tremendously more white people on welfare than there are black. I bet there's a lot of Mexicans. Illegal Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> there are, being busted in by Biden. But what I'm getting at is, it's too inconvenient, it's too uncomfortable to admit that you are trapped by this. And, and then once you make your livelihood and your life and your culture around receiving this, to take it away, really is taking away a part of your identity. It, people so people t- start to make these things a part of their identity. Right, and that's where identity politics becomes a stronger and stronger, uh, or hotter and hotter um, battlefield. Totally. Hmm. Um, so yeah, like at, at the at the drag parade or whatever drag show, family mm-hmm. friendly, quote unquote. Um, it was just sad because I see these people up there trying to do their thing, trying to get love and accepted. These dumb parents exposing their little children to it. It's like you. You are all so you're pointed in the wrong direction. Yeah. And maybe it's because we've we we only have the tiniest fraction of what God sees, and it just made us incredibly sad. Because here's the truth. God loves each and every single one of those people. Mm-hmm. He loves ever all the poor people who are up on the stage desperately trying to get acceptance and who are desperately confused, dressing mm-hmm. differently and trying to dance. Even even those who are more combative about it, right? All of that. He loves every single one of them, including the people who are destroying their children by being there. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, did, have you seen footage that of of? I read the the Salt, Lake, the Salt Lake Tribune's article on it. I was like, hundred protesters all shouting. I'm like, there was a hundred? I don't think there was a hundred of us. Pretty dang sure there's only like fifty of us. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, we were definitely in the minority for sure. There was. There should have been thousands. There should have been thousands. We we parked in our my in my old congregation's boundaries. Mm. I was like, oh, I know all these people who are, who live in in these houses. I used to go to church with them because they used yeah. to live in the same area. Uh huh. Not yeah. a single one of them were there. Why? Why were you not there, guys? Yeah. Why the heck were you not there? Every single one of you should have been there. 
not just you, hundreds of thousands of Christians. I mean, we, it wasn't just Latter-day Saint Christians who were there. There were plenty of non-Latter-day Saint Christians who were there. Yeah. And I was like, it was, it was great to see us band together on this because we, we believe in Christ and we believe in these biblical principles. We believe in the Bible and we believe in protecting children and families. And my roommate, Kurt, or Jerry, uh, <laughs> shoot, I'm not supposed to use his name. It, it doesn't matter. There's a million Kurt's. And and I'm not dishing on him. He's just like, dude, you see this? BYU. Um, <laughs> how are you going to take it out? I actually said his name, so Alex is going to take it out. My roommate. Um, bruh. <laughs> just call him bruh. He's like, did you see this? Like, there was a drag show in Provo. I'm like, yeah, man, I was there. <laughs> and, uh, did you see yeah. my suit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gross. Wait, what did he say when you when he found out you went? He's like, oh, you were there? So like, yeah, I was protesting. That was it. He doesn't react much. <laughs> it's because his parents are dead. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, well, I mean, his hands react, but no, his, you know, no words come out. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't worry, they're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but, but oh, yeah. we're so you, you, can, you you're so that awful. <laughs> no, I'm no, leaving it in. Kurt, or, oh my gosh, <laughs> my roommate and I you always. Your... <laughs> my roommate and I always make jokes about his parents being deaf. I love his parents; they're so kind. We always make jokes about them being deaf because they are, and so it's it's good for him he need he needs it <laughs> for him yeah yeah <laughs> i do it for him <laughs> they, I don't, selfish much they uh they, i don't think they like me a lot because they a little bit probably because just, he's secretly signed to them my roommate's a douchebag he makes fun of you all day uh no <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh no it's weird to be at like i went to his house like me him and our brother and brother-in-law went to Thailand, so we stayed at his parents' house before our flight. And it was weird to see him interact with his parents, where they're talking, and maybe they disagree with something. And then he would kind of just like talk back to them when he's not faced towards them. And it's weird to be like, "Did she can hear you?" But it's like, "Wait, no, she can't." And I'm like. <laughs> Man, if I just did that, I would have been killed. You know? Backhanded. Right, yeah. Yeah, so that was, was very, very interesting, kind of a different dynamic. But uh, but yeah, I had I have a song from my old band called The Devil in Red. And I think she knew all the name of it, so she thought our like my music was like devil worship music or something. Oh, really? But when, when you're deaf and you don't know what music is. But look at the lyrics. She can read. She's not blind. Well, she didn't look up the lyrics, probably. But I, I think that might be why. She also didn't like that our brother and sister-in-law uh, shared a room at her house, even though they invited us to stay a few times. I don't and know. They're, they're married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You can probably take all that out. I, I don't know. I, that was weird. But, but I like, I like my roommate. He's a good guy, and uh, he loves to date. So. Email this podcast if you would like to meet him. He's a, he's a gym junkie. Dude, he's a, he is a total babe. Total, total hottie. <laughs> if you find him on Tinder, you'd... Which way do you swipe? I've never used the app. <laughs> you'd swipe on him. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'd swipe on that all day. He's from California. So, 
I I hope he gets married soon. <laughs> so get the freak out of my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he you won't see him in a drag show cuz he's probably on an on another date or something. <laughs> I mean, he he definitely goes on dates. Um so anyways, that's that was just a thing. We come away sad. <laughs> yeah. It was depressing. There are some people who are trying to get into it saying things are a bit it's just not necessary, right? I mean, if we were to chant anything, it'd be uh, F Joe Biden. <laughs> keep no. keep our, you know, keep the kids out of it or something like that, right? Right. Yeah. Because it was all about you can live this way, but quit grooming children. To, yeah. To for them to believe that this is okay. This is yeah. not okay. No, it's not. And to, you free to expose them to that. I mean, seriously, they have a higher likelihood of trying to ch- trying to do self mutilation. This sort of confusion also increases their likelihood of committing suicide. Yeah, right. They like they're, they're sexualized at a well, young age. Yeah, they're sexualized at a, at a at a very young age. They they see what their parents brought them to, and how everyone's cheering and getting into this. Like, yeah, and so they start to think, oh, this is an acceptable way to get attention. Right. So, it's like, exposing them to a lifestyle that is very dangerous. It's. It's uh, lots of drugs. It's Likely to lots be of uh, promiscuous, yeah, promiscuous sex. Um, it's dangerous Diseases. on so many levels, and it's like you want your children to be exposed to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, and that's really what it comes down to. And we we met some really great people there, made yeah. some friends. We didn't really find any way to communicate afterwards <laughs> at all. So hopefully we see them again. Yeah, but yeah. Really Jason Preston. Jason Preston was there. He was He's great. Awesome. Yeah, he was the one running against John Curtis for Congress. Freaking John Curtis. But he didn't get enough signatures, darn it. He didn't? No. So he didn't get on the ballot. So he had to vote for Chris Harris. Because, because you have... Uh, who who calls them the squishes? Oh, Michael Knowles calls the cons- oh. like, like conservatives who, okay. who are like, oh, you know, I would never... But you can like, like libertarians are squishes. Mm-hmm. Just like I see libertarians are, are useful idiots for, for progressives. Yeah. So so are squishy Christians. Yeah. No, like this area is full of them. Squishy meaning they're like, oh, uncomfortable. I don't want to, you know, disrupt the status quo or anything. I'm not yeah. gonna look in, look into this. John Curtis, he seems cool. Yeah, bro. Right. Yeah. Nah, who's this guy trying to run against him? Uh, oh no. They're the they're the same people who go, oh what that garbage is in that TV show. Uh, but I want to watch it, so we're gonna watch it. You know. Yeah. Um. Like pretty much any Disney TV show. Yeah, no. It's like, oh, they're throwing this in and this in and this in. Yeah, but who cares? I'm still gonna watch it. Watch it. Yep. Not straight up. So that's that's our spiel. That's our take. That was our experience going to the the drag show. I mean, I mean, it was very very peaceful. There was one point where the person in front of me was so they they had a whole coalition of these people before the dumb angels came out to prevent us from. Making too much, you know, from being heard too much when the drag stuff actually started, uh-huh. the pre-show stuff. Remember, there was a whole line of people, semi-circling. It was almost the entire audience having their own rainbow flags, these these LGBTQ flags and stuff. I mean, at one point, someone signed their their flag was dipping too low past their shoulder and hit my sign, mm-hmm. and she and I both said to each other immediately, "Oh, sorry, sorry." It's not like, it, you know, it wasn't like she said sorry and I'm like, <clears throat> right or anything like that. It was like, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're I'm not yeah. here to get into a fight with you. Polite I'm just, I'm just here to dis- disagree with you. Sure. And I'm here to 
make my community recognize that this is something they need to disagree with. You should have dressed up as the devil <laughs> and got on their side and be like, yes, yes. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> it would have been great. Oh, my eyes burn. It's so funny. <laughs> I feel the horns growing out of my head. <laughs> Anyways, um, so in light of what we, you know, what we experienced here, I wanted to share some quotes, right? Because it's so easy to be caught up in like, oh, there's so much evil growing in the world. Mm-hmm. In fact, before this episode, you were talking about how you're like, man, this world, this life just sucks. There's so much bad going on. Well, yeah. it, made, it made me think about there's some there's some pretty awesome quotes. Let me, let me share a couple, maybe one or two here from Tolkien. In one from uh, spiritual leader Gordon uh, Hinckley. So actually, I, I want to talk about his because uh, he he's talking about focusing on the positive. Actually, I can't turn my head this way without ruining the audio. Rob, can you read that? This one right here. My glasses. I can't see it without my glasses. That one, I'm, I am suggesting that as we go through life, we accentuate the positive. Did I say that right? Yeah, accentuate the positive. Don't sass me. Um, I'm asking that we look a little deeper for the good, that we still are voices of insult and sarcasm, that we more generously compliment and endorse virtue and behavior. Virtue and effort. Virtue and effort. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, and I and I appreciate that 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 quote, right? He's asking us to dig a little deeper to see the good, and that is something we need to do, right? The good I see of that protest is that we had people who did not want a ruckus and did not want to fight. Yeah, and the right? members who were there to support it were there because they have love in their hearts, but in my opinion, they're portraying no it. They're portraying it in the in the a false banner in a, yeah. in a bad way. Yeah. But there was still kindness. I don't have any malice towards those who, who were performing on stage. Right. Uh, I will admit, I feel a little bit of malice towards the parents who brought the kids there. Cause that, that like, just don't, don't do that to the kids. But you know, the, you're, you're exactly right. You have people who are, they have misguided compassion. Right? When you don't have principles, Everything, you know, once you only focus on love and compassion, you no longer know what those things are and they are advice to you. But there's a lot of good there, right? We need to accentuate the positive. Now, here's another quote here. And uh, this one is by Tolkien. Uh, And he actually has a couple of good ones here. And in both cases, he talks, he kind of compares, compares good and evil and stuff to like, um, to soil and growing things. What he says is, here's one. He says, evil labors with vast power and perpetual success. That sounds like today, doesn't it? Say it again. Evil labors. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waking up. Oh, I'm having a good time. What, Alex? <laughs> um, <laughs> evil labors with vast power and perpetual success. Doesn't it feel like that? Why does he have to talk like that? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> that evil is continually growing, and they and they seem to have a lot of power okay, and they, and continually being successful in in what they do, don't they? Yeah, it definitely seems that way. Yeah, 
But then he puts a hyphen there, says, in vain. Okay. So maybe they're la- laboring, uh, laboring with success and power, but in vain. And he says uh, pre- uh, that they are preparing always only the soil for unexpected good to sprout in. So no matter what, there's how successful they are, they are only preparing the soil for the good to 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 sprout, you know, to to grow in. And where good is sprouting, our good things take place, right? Huh. Evil has succumbed eventually. That is deep. It is. <laughs> he should just wrote it out in a simple paragraph. But I mean, to it, make it so deep. He can say so much in a few words. I've always been impressed with people like with wordsmiths like him. Yeah, um, it's a little frustrating though. <laughs> Here's another one. He says, "It is not our part to master all the tides of the world, but to do what is in us." For the sucker of those years, meaning for the help of those years, wherein we are set. Uprooting the evil in the fields that we know, so that those who live after may have clean earth to till. What weather, meaning you know, the, the clouds and stuff, what weather they shall have is not ours to rule. I think that's, fa- that's fantastic. So we can't master everything that goes on in the world. We can't fight every battle. But we can do what, what, what is within us to prepare the future, right? We, we have, we have uh, the power within us that we do have currently, and we must fight the evil that is before us. That way, this field is not full of weeds. It's, it's clear and ready for the next people who come along. But if they have floods or drought, right? You know, uh, you know what, what, whatever the circumstances of their day is, we can't control that necessarily, but we can at least uproot the evil in our day. So there's less of it in theirs. Yeah. Uproot the evil in the fields that we know. So yeah. It's just like, just take care of what's in our circle. Yeah. The, the, it, we've talked about this, right? The, the, the our spheres of a uh, uh, locus of, of focus, our locus of control, excuse me. Right. Right. You have a, uh, Things that you can control, things you can influence, and things outside your control. Focus on the inner, the middle, and not the outer. Things outside our control, let, let them be. But focus on what you can control. Focus on your influence out, uh, you know, around you. We'll create a lot of good. So I, I just thought those were great. And there is something to be said. I could do a whole episode. Be, I mean, there is a lot that we could do just on this next quote. There's one last quote I want to share. This is by C.S. Lewis. And actually, Rob, do you mind, do you mind reading this? I don't know so, how to read. Uh, I took, I was in public school. Man, I wish I stayed homeschooled. <laughs> <laughs> I was homeschooled second grade. Should have stayed. Um, only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. We never find out the strength of the evil impulse inside us until we try to fight it. And Christ... Are you quieter when you talk? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's just how I read. Sorry. Bite me. <laughs> and Christ... Sorry, Christ. Uh, and Christ, because he was the only man who never yielded to temptation is also the only man who knows to the full what temptation means, the only complete realist. That's powerful. 
we live in a day where everyone is about embracing the, te- the temptation they have, right? The struggles they're in. They embrace it, go, no, live it. It's part of your life, right? And, and then they, they mock Christians and religious people for shunning those evil things. And they say, oh, we're naive. We are, uh, we're, we're ignorant. And we, you know, we don't know what it's like. Honestly, they, they just say that we are, we are weak individuals. They act like we are weak because we oppose these things. And, and C.S. Lewis, he's saying, we never find out the strength of evil and uh, the, imp- uh, the evil impulse inside us until we resist it. All right? we, only those who, who try to resist the temptation know how strong it is. So actually, the, for those of us who try to follow God and, and resist these things, we're stronger than we realize. We're not perfect, and we will give in at times, but we, we're stronger than, than we realize. And Christ knows how strong temptation is because he resisted every temptation. He never gave in. So just remember that. It's so easy to give in, but don't do it. In the field that you're in, resist evil. Uproot it. Get rid of it. Not just resist, but uproot it, like Tolkien said. And while you're at it, accentuate the positive. Look a little deeper for the good. Thank you for listening to the Alex Spicer uh, show. I'm your host, Alex. This is my uh, co-host, Rob. Um, It was was a pleasure (laughs) talking to you all, and we will talk to you again next week. Live free until next time.